With the holidays around the corner, now's your chance to save time and money at Safeway Stock Up Sale. Plus, earn four times gas reward points on participating items. Look for tags on items like Honey Nut Cheerios. Select varieties are four for eight dollars with your club card. And select varieties of Betty Crocker cake mix, brownie mix, or frosting are ten for ten dollars with your club card. Maximum gas reward at participating Sunoco stations is twenty cents per gallon and one dollar per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill of up to twenty-five gallons. Other restrictions, limitations, and exclusions apply. For complete details, go to Safeway.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Locked On Cavaliers podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and FearTheSword.com, the Cleveland Cavaliers blog over in SB Nation. I'm Chris Manning, as always, your host. Today, I had a last-minute change of guests, not Pat Chazaya from WKYC, as noted, but Kevin Stankiewicz and Max Boltman, both interns at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette um, and, and NBA fans, uh, had them on to talk a little bit about this series, how we got to where we are, how the Cavs have looked, what the narratives are, just a little bit of everything on the series, and uh, just kind of a free-flowing conversation about the series to date. We'll have a recap, as I noted at the end, with Alex Hooper from 92.3, the fan. You heard him two, three weeks ago at this point. Uh, on the pod and you'll have him back recapping the game from the queue so that'll be a good thursday show and then we'll look ahead to friday um, on friday show in some way so that's what's coming the rest of the week Um, but today max boltman kevin stankowitz from the pittsburgh post gazette talking about the nba finals and how the kids got to this point and what kind of takes we have about what is going on right now hope you guys enjoy um, let me know if you have any questions, concerns. LockdownCavs at gmail.com is always the best way to reach the pod. And please go give us that five-star rating and review on iTunes because it's going to help people find the pod. So today, Max Boltman, Kevin Stankowitz from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Hope you guys enjoy. Talk to you tomorrow after Game 3. You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're, let's let's just start before we get into game three, get into this series and, and some of the talk about the series and where it's at. You guys are in a hockey town. You were in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Great city, very clean city from, you know, like the two days I spent there. But is it weird, like, trying to watch and, like, pay attention to NBA Finals when the, the Penguins, like, the, the pride of Pittsburgh are in the, in the NHL Finals or what, the Stanley Cup Finals, and they're, they just lost two in a row to the Predators, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, so... Uh, we have not been in Pittsburgh terribly long, so I don't want to make any sweeping generalizations. No, please, no, please but, do. Like, I'm here to to, to buy into the the main. <laughs> we're the lamestream media, like making generalizations about everything because that's what we do. Okay, well, in that case, the city, the city of Pittsburgh has rejected the NBA playoffs in a manner that I have not seen from a town that is within two hours of where they are being held. Like, we were out at. I, we, you know, we went out for like wings or and and drinks or something for one of the the conference finals games one night, and there was like fifteen TVs, and we asked for one to be put on basketball, and like this guy sitting like two tables over, like raised his hand, and, like objected to our request, and there were TVs everywhere. It, it, it's really extraordinary. I, and the one 
the one place that we went to, I won't say its name, and it was not good, but I don't want to shame them. Uh, the TV was, and, and the one that it was on, if I recall, was like not an HD TV. Tiny analog <laughs> across the bar, like behind the, the physical bar, which is in a different room. Like we're in the dining room, swiveling our heads to watch on this like 20 inch analog. It, it's 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 been unbelievable. Obviously, for the finals, it's been a little bit easier because the games haven't been played on the same days. But the, the Eastern Conference Finals were it was it was extraordinary. The the one game that was played on a Friday night, I was able to go at a place and got there early enough to get one TV and basically give people the stink eye if they came up near it to try and change it. But it has not been easy. Let's just say that. Or it's impossible to find on the radio. Oh, we couldn't even get the draft. Yeah, we can't, couldn't find it on the radio when we were coming back from covering high school softball. And then we also, with, uh, we couldn't even get the draft lottery on TV. Yeah. When, that was the same night that I was talking about. That's with, terrible. The, That's where terrible. The, guy, the guy was, like, objected. Oh, it was oh. right before the Spurs and the... Oh, yeah, that wasn't the Cavs one. That's right. That's right. But, yeah, we couldn't get the draft lottery on either. That's so, true. Draft I mean, lottery is, like, the most... NBA draft here. lottery is so fun. Like, dumbly fun. Exactly. So fun. Yeah. yeah, they hate it here. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So I was there uh, when I was in Pittsburgh. I was there when it was the f- first round. Yeah, it would have been the first round because it was Grizzly Spurs. And um, I was in a, in a bar with my dad. Um, Uncle went to a Pirates game, a Pirates-Yankees game. And we were at like some bar. It was like Red, like Red Beard, something like that. Um, like some, some brew pub. And it didn't have any local IPAs, which is, which is very upsetting. Like, come on, what are you doing? Um <laughs> I was so mad. Like, can't even tell you. But um, <laughs> Kevin knows that feeling. I know the feeling, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you, if you're a local Cleveland beer company, and you want to sponsor the pod, like, drop me an email. But, um, like, there was one TV that had the the Grizzly Spurs game on. It was like a good game. This was like the game where it, like went to overtime. Like uh, Mike Conley and Gasol were like were just trading shots, and it was great. And like people were just like getting mad that like there was this one TV and there was just like a random Rangers game. And I was just like, y'all y'all are nuts, but. This this finals, I want to hear both your takes on this. This is not exactly what I expected. I certainly thought it was possible. I, I certainly thought the Warriors could establish themselves as being a much better team. But was this what you ex- I mean, was this what you expected out of this series? Two hmm. zero, uh, yes. The way that it had gotten to two zero, no. So I I thought that the way this was going to play out was. The Warriors just kind of outlasting a Cavs team that was going to need to give so much energy to stay in games and w- w- would be in them like midway through the fourth quarter and then just, just kind of run out of gas. And that's kind of how I thought it would go. But I, I thought it could still be 2-0. And I didn't think that, that would mean, you know, a series would feel, you know, demoralizing in any way for the Cavs. But uh, the way it's gotten to 2-0 was very much different from what I expected. Yeah, I, I mean, I really didn't think the Cavs were going to grab a game at Oracle, especially with the energy that in the kind of the chip that Golden State you would expect them to be playing with in that revenge. But, yeah, I've combined 41 points where the game basically felt over in the early third quarter, I don't think really that would have been a safe prediction either. Like, if I had to bet money and I don't ever bet money, I would not have put it on the game transpiring that way. So it, it definitely has taken a little bit of a different feel as they come back to Cleveland than I was anticipating. 
I, I certainly think like the Warriors were like my pick. I don't know if either of you picked the Cavs, but like I I thought the Warriors were the pick. I just think we've gotten to this point where we look at how these teams play, and like Golden State can can ask all these questions, and they have Durant and Curry's healthy, and Kyrie's been bad, and like if you would have told me Kevin Love was the Cavs' second most useful player in the series, and that was like what was happening, um, I would have said there this is exactly what was going to happen, and like I don't mean that to be like an indictment. Like, 100% on Kevin Love, but, like, if he, who is too slow to catch up to a lot of Golden State fast breaks, who has, you know, kind of been, even when he's had good games, has been inconsistent in some facet of the game. Like, he in game one, he missed a lot of close shots. In game two, he wasn't making threes. Um, and then, you know, struggling on defense, struggling to contain Curry and contain on the pick and roll. Um, and, you know, struggling on the board as well. Like, I would have told you, like, this was probably what was going to happen. Um and it kind of sucks because, like, the finals could very much feel like we didn't see, like, very many good games. Like, I think the only games I can think of off the top of my head that were, like, actually competitive games were game one of the of Cavs Pacers was fun. Like that was, And that was generally a fun series. Um, Grizzly Spurs was a lot of fun. And Washington Boston was fun. We haven't really had, like, another good series off the top of my head. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I definitely remember a couple of those Wizards-Boston games, so I would agree that that one is certainly there. The the Pacers won, too. Uh, I, I think, Chris, I was on the pod during that series and you were. when I had the, the terrible nightmare where the Cavs came back in the game when I was writing my final 12-page paper. Um, so I missed, I missed the comeback in live time. But, yeah, that series had a little bit more of, like, you didn't really know what was going to happen, and there was kind of a, a certain element of uncertainty to it. So you thought the Cavs would win. You just didn't know what to get. you were going to get from the Pacers. So that was probably up there, but not nearly as good as Boston-Washington. Uh, Utah and the Clippers, I felt like... Was yeah, that was good, that too. I actually, yeah, I felt like that's the one I actually wanted to like tune in. Like, damn, I was looking forward to that. Um, even Chicago-Boston, which is arguably, like, had the most interesting trajectory of any series was none of those games were that fun to watch. Right. I guess there was early on those two Chicago stole, I guess down the stretch were pretty fun, but once Boston got back into it, then it was. Yeah. Right. After we once Rondo got hurt, it was right. The, the games were, they were snooze. Yeah. More the, the, the game in that series that was great was the game where, uh, like I went to OT Isaiah, like kind of, I'll play wall when wall kind of got gassed out late. That was I feel like probably the best game of that series, and because the, the, the other games you're right, like Max, it was it was blowouts. Like the game Washington just like got out in the first half, and it was like, oh, this is over. Like, why did I set aside my Thursday for for a game that wasn't gonna gonna be close? Um, I mean, is this finals too? Like, it it's something like worth. It'll be interesting to think about in like five years. Like, this is the first three match like the first three cool however you want to put it between teams and it has like think of all the star power in this series right like lebron is the defining player of this generation i still think he's the best player in the world you have kd you have curry um you know iguodala has like a has a name clay you know has has a has a name you know kerr is a very name brand coach lose a former player Kyrie, you know is a star and Kevin Love, like, also, like, kind of qualifies as a star in some capacity. Um, and you have... JaVale like, McGee. Yeah, shouts to JaVale. Um, I mean, Tristan's dating a Kardashian and, and wears the most incredible furry shoes I've ever seen. Not more, right? Didn't they break up? I don't know, man. I, I Tabloids, who knows? <laughs> I think they broke up. Oh, wow. I read it in the supermarket tabloid, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I, I can't. I can't. I was gonna say something. I can't. Um, maybe that's why he's not rebounding. Maybe that's the conspiracy. If this was like the the, the basketball analogy, like Jade, we playing your conspiracy theory music right now. But um, like you, you have J.R. Smith, like you have these characters, and like all these guys have these like high Q scores, like Kyrie, LeBron, KD, and Steph. Like are all these like name brand shoe athletes? Um, like that, and like as much as that's like a goofy thing to talk about, like it sort of matters. It's weird that, like, the third matchup of this is going to go down as the least competitive, probably, you know? Like, the first one was riddled by injuries. Um, last year was going to probably be the most memorable one just because of how it ended for, for both teams. Um, and then this year, it's just like, well, the Warriors got Durant, and, like, he's not Harrison Barnes, and that mattered. <laughs> and, like, it's yeah. simplistic to say that, but it, it matters. Yeah, no, you're certainly right. The anticipation was so high for it, and then at the end of the day, it's going to be the one that everyone will spend the least time talking about. For if if you don't have a party involved, right? So just like a the general NBA fan, I'd imagine this will be the one that you just gloss over when you when you think back in five, ten years over these you know back to back to back finals. Uh, it it has been a a letdown. Not not just because the Cavs are aren't, aren't winning. I, I would be under like I would understand if they lost, but it came down to the last thirty seconds, right? Like these just games haven't been competitive. If you're just an objective NBA fan, I think this is where the significance of last year Cleveland winning comes in. As like Cleveland could feel if you know if if they don't win last year, all of a sudden like Cleveland just feels like like the Bills and like. Like they just they so many times oh it'd be it'd be um, like just if you had like in the context of the past year like the Cavs like let's say they lose last year in five you know like that happens right and they get dusted um you know Draymond doesn't hit LeBron in the groin and like they lose then you have the Browns just being <laughs> the Browns you would have yeah. the 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 Indians didn't the Indians also blow a three one lead yeah they did so like, they yeah but let's just yeah, they they can't just keep keep moving past that one. So. <laughs> um, like you you would have had like the Cleveland the, the the Cleveland narrative like probably hit an all time high and like the Cavs saved it from that you know um that's a really good yeah, point that, like that's like, a really good point. Then there would have been videos of Cavs fans tackling each other like there are Bills fans on Deadspin. And it makes just... this like swallowable. <laughs> it, it makes it makes you you talked about earlier like people saying like well yeah but like they have KD like you know they have like. They have all these shoe athletes, and let's not forget Clay Thompson. Shout out Anta, um, but like, it you can have as a Cleveland like person or or a Cleveland who a Cleveland sympathetic person even like you can have that yeah, but like what what are they gonna do like and and have it not feel quite so like gut wrenching because you got that you got that Kevin Love hug under the basket you know. Yeah, you got yeah you 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 got the block you got you yeah. got the win so you can right. just say well okay on to the next year right like more, yeah you got one right yeah so that's a great point because that, that it would make this probably harder to digest yeah. for everybody and we'd be having even more LeBron hot takes oh my god oh, like there's god. already like a lot of LeBron hot takes right now and that are dumb and like we need to stop um like I don't know if you guys agree with this I think this series is more an indication of how good Golden State actually is more than it, than it, than it's an indictment on the Cavs. Uh, I would agree with that. Probably. I, 
The Cavs, no, the, the Cavs deserve culpability. Me. Like, don't get me wrong, but like Golden right. State is just like, well, like they assembled this incredible team, and like in most of the years, the Cavs have their flaws, but they probably could have, you know, competed for a title against other teams. You know, like the Warriors are just a juggernaut. Like they might be the best team we've ever seen, and like they're in my lifetime, this Warriors team is the best team I've ever seen play basketball. This is like like the like the definition of like regression to like the mean, right? Is like. Golden State had a unfathomable coincidence of like bad things happen, like in their in their like playoffs. Like Thompson's been called in the playoffs historically. Steph's been called historically. Draymond kicks people in the nuts historically. Like all of these things happen that like prevent them from being at like optimal efficiency, optimal like output. And like you're just gonna get a series like a playoff run like this at some point where like yeah, actually that this is just like. When everything is humming, and everything's not always humming, but like when it's always humming, they might actually be unstoppable. And like that—that that I think is what it says. Which I think you're—I think is what you're kind of getting at. Like it, it is less an indictment of the Cavs. It's just like when they are playing like this, it takes a, a pretty, pretty much impossible like confluence of things to slow them down. Right, because you haven't seen Steph at this like. Not and, in the finals. And, not in the finals. Yeah, I mean, and Chris, and you, you and Danny talked about it on your guys' preview pod. Uh, when Danny brought up how he was like thought Curry could be an X factor, like if Curry was unbelievable, that might have be that might be what pushes Golden State. And I mean, you're seeing this. I know he didn't shoot particularly great. I think it was three of ten at one point from in, in game two. But yeah, I mean, I think Max makes a great point. I hesitated at first on the question because I was just thinking about how poor Kyrie played. Kyrie's and been how awful. Kyrie has been like like awful. Yeah, and and I thought about the you know thompson's lack of production so i don't want to give those guys passes for their poor performance and just like chalk it up to golden state's dominance so that's why i hesitated at first because i do think that there's certain elements that the Cavs could have controlled better uh, you know jr smith taking just two shots and 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 you know some dumb fouls here and there so th- those things are are on the Cavs. um but I, it's just <laughs> when the golden state is clicking it when thompson's knocking them down when Curry is, and, and yeah, they—I mean, they seriously could be unstoppable. I—I I, I can't conjure up uh, a team that you could have put together that could have beat them these last two games. Like, if you gave me unlimited money, I, I couldn't have come up with a team that could have beat them. I, I mean, I don't mean to say like they like I—I I still think Cleveland's going to win a game in this series. I don't think they're going to win the series. But I think they're going to win a game in the series, and uh, because it, it's not always going to be that like peak optimized version, but like. I, I just think, like, the Cavs could certainly have made these games closer. I think they will make one of the make one of these closer and, you know, perhaps even win one. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I think Kevin's right. I think it's it, – it, you'd be hard-pressed to assemble. But the Cavs did assemble a really <laughs> competitive, really good team. Like, their three-point shooting looked like the kind of thing you would have to build to beat the Warriors. And then, like, they come out and they remind you that, like, you're just trying to replicate them. And that's that's a hard thing to win when you're trying to replicate your opponent. That's way. doom. That's, like, it's doom. Like, what do you do? Yeah. And it's like, what do you do? And, you know, like, the reason the Cavs have these three-point shooting guys and that they've assembled them, and some of them have been rendered useless so far, right? Like, like yeah. JR's been useless. Um, Janning Fry is not really playable in this series. And, like, when Kyrie isn't playing well... Like LeBron has to do it on himself, and and what do you get? You get what you have right now. Um, do you? I mean, do you? Th- 
Do you think this is an indictment at all on LeBron? Because I don't. I cannot like frame this as like being his his fault. Um, I think yeah. There's like there's like there's things that he like could be doing better in the series, but like what he's being asked to do against this particular team, like no, I don't think there's a player in the world that could kind of solve this on their own. And I also just like it's not he's not playing bad. Like he's playing great. Like, yeah, no, I, I, I like his game two performance was like, like, incredible, you know. And he, it didn't matter. Like it, it hasn't mattered because Kyrie's been bad, Jr's been bad, um, like everyone besides LeBron and Kevin Love for stretches has been really bad. Yeah, I, I can't imagine, and and I, I haven't been studying everyone's comments, but you know, people that are are want to turn this on and, and and you know indict LeBron. I have to imagine those are the same people who, no matter what he does, won't give him credit. Anyone who recognizes and, like, has a relatively neutral and, you know, objective view of his greatness, I, I, I just find it hard to believe that that kind of middle-of-the-road person could see what's going on and say, this is on LeBron. You know, you'll have your people that just hate him no matter what that might be trying to push that narrative, but he's he's been fantastic. Sands the turnovers mostly in game one. But there's just been things out of his control. Again, I'll bring it up. I mean, the Tristan's performance, the performance from uh, Kyrie Irving. I mean, those aren't things LeBron – LeBron can't get Kyrie to shoot better in game game two. Why, what, what can he do? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, there's so many people who are out there like, empty numbers, like empty numbers. Who cares that he's averaging triple-double or whatever? Like, they're not empty numbers when you're shooting, like, above 50%. And, like, you're, you're doing this at – such a high level like this is not this is not russell westbrook here who's like the focus of a team which may actually be a problem i love russ that's not a knock just like that that's an argument that i'll hear but like it's not even it's not even valid for lebron like he his whole game is built around you know he draws so much attention and when he kicks you you make the shot like that that's the Cavs like trump card and like if the if like you said if jr's not making shots if Channing Fry like can't get on the floor, like what what are you supposed to do? Like he's he's not like he shot what nine for twenty in game one, and that was less than ideal. But like even still, he, sh- yeah. he shot way better in game two. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know what, what more he what more he realistically could be expected to do. Yeah, and and it, we always we have a skewed judgment of what he did because of the last finals and the and the, even the first iteration of this series when. He legitimately carried the Cavaliers in that series, so we have to we have to kind of readjust our our bar and recognize that, like you said, like what more can you reasonably expect LeBron to do, even if he has had, you know, two finals performances. Even last finals, didn't he have like a nineteen point game or something? Like, like he averaged that absurd number with like a a, a nineteen in there in in game two, I think. Game two is the one he lost by thirty, right? Mm-hmm. That was. I, I I think he had a game in the teens in there. So like he can still post like an insane final like that, and, and, and that's why I don't think it's. I think it's a little too early to like literally proclaim it over, but I don't know. I mean, he, he's doing better than in the early going than he was doing. In, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Chris, do you, who who who's tried to turn that on LeBron? Is, don't I mean. I've seen columnists do it. No, I mean I follow columnists on Twitter. Oh God! Look, man, I'm I'm over I'm over pundits. Like, I did Crystal did Crystal Lizzo write a column about LeBron? 
dude, he, dude, he might as well have. Like the some of the takes I've seen, like he might as he might as well have. Um, <laughs> Winners and losers in the Cavs series. Like two 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 things we need to like stop doing. One, okay, I got three things. Three things. Okay, number one, we have to stop talking to retired players about the modern age. We need to stop because you're just gonna get them being curmudgeony. Like Paul Pierce is like is 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 petty about LeBron on TV because he like is annoyed that LeBron beat him a bunch. Like that's why he's acting the way he is, and that's why he says what he says. Um, yeah, that was so stupid in that post game when he said that about Durant. By the way, keep going on number two. Dumb. Also, Dumb. if if I could really quick, it like their legacy depends on their opponents having been great. So anyone who played against Jordan has to say that Jordan was the best, or else their seventeen points, five assists average looks like so weak. <laughs> yeah, they have to defend him. Yeah, yeah, it's in their best interest yeah. to make it seem like they were going up against it. But, you know. I'm unstoppable force. Right. What is Carl, I mean, I don't, I don't even want to put it on Carl Malone because he's not a bad offender, but, like, what else can Carl Malone say to justify not having a title except for I win against MJ? Right. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read this. Number two. I'm not, this is the last thing I'm going to say in this. Uh, Draymond Green had this quote that I think explains this perfectly. First off, he says, the game is completely different than it was back then. Nowadays, if you can't shoot a three, you're a liability on the floor. That wasn't the case back then. It doesn't make sense to me because you're talking two different games. I've never understood it, nor do I get off into it. They were great in their time. We're great in our time. Uh, that's at HB Basketball who found Barrio. I'm glad, Matt, you if you end up listening to this pod, that you, you found one of the many good restaurants in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and I'm glad everyone on Twitter got mad at you about that because it was great. But like that's from Matt Moore who uh, who transcribed that. That's perfect. Like that is a very, you know, very reasonable and and logical thing. Um, this and like, Cavs fans are probably like annoyed that I just read a Draymond quote, but like he's right. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I, well said. You can't say it better. No. Can't. I, I'm I'm with that quote 100. percent I also I also think like if you want to compare it. Just be honest about the comparison that LeBron wasn't going to get bullied in any era. Look at the man; like <laughs> he's built for today's game, which is what, which is what, where the Draymond quote comes in. But to say that he couldn't have done it in a previous game is silly. Too. Yeah. It's, I mean, the thing is, it's not even the NBA. The the Joe Green thing I was at on Saturday night. I was listening to Joe Green give a speech, and he always criticized Antonio Brown, and he did it again. Like, where he was talking about, like, the celebrations and how, like, back, you know, then we, did, we saved our energy. And it's like, all right, I mean, look, you're Joe Green and no one's really going to say anything about it. But it just it doesn't end with basketball. Pro football players have so little energy that a touchdown dance just ruins <laughs> I mean, it's so it's, it just, you know, it, it doesn't matter what sport we're talking about. But we need to stop really giving any credence to what they say. Because it's just games are so different, whether, whether it be football, basketball. Polo, <laughs> billiards. I mean, they, they're all different. All right, what's number two? All right, number two, stop trying to make snap judgments in the con- in the middle of a series. Like, just just don't. Like, like what does that take in between games, games, games one and game two actually going to do for you, right? Like, what does that do? Nothing. Like, it provides no context. It provides no like, actual evaluation. Like, I'm of the uh, the opinion of the, the Curtis Harris School of Thought that, like, unless you've been studying some of this stuff since, like, the 60s and you're a historian or have, like, watched all of that basketball by, by your time traveler, like, some crazy shit, <laughs> like, you cannot actually, like, make some of these judgments. 
Like, you just don't have the actual data and the actual, like, knowledge to do so. Like, LeBron's great, and I, th I think, like, if you're trying to blame it on him just because he's the best player on the team, like, I, I, I think that's just kind of just being a little bit obtuse. What do you mean when you say, like, because I think there are some mid-series, like, reaction takes that are perfectly welcome. But I, I mean, like, we, about we legacy. Like, like, you can talk about adjustments. Like, you can talk about, like, how Kyrie is yeah. playing. Like, you can talk, I think you can talk about that stuff. But I think if you're going to try to, like, define a player's legacy or be like, oh, like, KD is, you know, like, this pr this is proof that KD is like, surpassed LeBron. And, like, the, these things with, and just kind of arguing these, like, sort of, points about like things that are very objective like i just don't know if that's a constructive thing to do in between games yeah no that that makes that makes total sense like broader proclamations right. about like you know oh you know i and and the, the broadcast of the game too were certainly guilty of of kind of doing some of that toward toward the end like the greatest duo that ever played like with curry and durant like they've played two games and yeah i mean we the things that we've talked about like you know the Cavs totally being outmatched like that's certainly true but some of those proclamations, I, I think you make a good point that we could, we would certainly be better off without uh, Mike Green or whatever the guy's name, Jeff Van Gundy. I'll propose a bit here. How about no legacy proclamations about a player until he is regularly receiving bench minutes? Because then you know they're like out of their prime. <laughs> like, if you are the seventh or eighth man and I want to think about your legacy – then, like, it's fair to say that I've seen everything that you've been in and mainly done. And everything you're going to do from here, you, you're not, like, the lead role of. Is that a fair – that's a fair criteria? Yes. I like it, but what would we do with Vince Carter? Because he just is – he's got two careers, so I guess no, – Vince Carter is still immune from legacy proclamation. I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm no, okay but, with that largely. Um, last thing, I like that role. Yeah, I just I – I love Vince Carter, so I want to make sure that we can yeah. – He's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last thing I have there. Um, well, so who's a good example of right now of like Richard Jefferson or something like that? Or um, like, yeah, Jefferson's the perfect one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but you can contemplate RJ's like impact on the game, his legacy, like the teams he was on, you know, whatever. Because he's he's you. If the Cavs win the title, it's not going to be. I mean, I guess it maybe could be, but it's probably not going to be because of Richard Jefferson. Right. But he he doesn't get to like have that as a major like you know, link in his, in his chain, but he's also like, he's done enough that you can like assess it fairly. Like in four years, LeBron might still be like the best player on his team and like still be like achieving. And like, if we're making cases now about like his resume, like we're just doing that way too soon. Yeah. That's a good point. That's when you think about it with LeBron and like yeah. the fact like, that there's still could be so much ahead. That's a great point. I think there could for be sure. an MVP in this man's future. He, he played an MVP caliber season this year in a year where there just happened to be a bunch of guys doing that. Right. Like the man could still win another MVP award. Yeah. And where people are trying to talk about where he, where he stacks up. Yeah. It's it, not bad. Yeah. It's, that's a great point. That's a great point. hundred percent. A great point. Uh, last, this is my last thing. I don't think you can like say that the Cavs are like the same built the same as like the Warriors because like when the Cavs built this team, it was going from one of the worst teams in the league and, like, yes, they gave up the two number one picks and everything to get to where they're at. But I think, like, it's a little different when the Warriors won 73 games, like, and then added the second or best player in the world, depending on, like, or third best player, like, depending on, like, what you want to, like, rank Durant. Um, like, those are just different. And I, I don't think, like, the situations are, like, as comparable or as even as some people 
have argued. And I, I think like if you want to be like frustrated with like the Warriors and the not competitiveness, I think that that's fine. I, th- I think that's fair to be sort of bored by some of this. Like I, I can get it. And I think the casual fan might be in like two years, but I also think like you can't really like blame them for like maximizing situation. Like I I, I get like really annoyed at the idea that people are like, oh, it's not good. like Katie shouldn't have done it because it's like not like the Kobe or not like this ultra competitive thing because. Like, if you were trying to build your best team, like, why would you not add someone like that? You know, like, it'd be equivalent of, like, if you were a sports editor and you already had, like, a really good section, but, like, you wanted to, you know, give yourself, like, that, that features edge and Wright Thompson became available, you, you wouldn't be like, eh, like, I don't want to overwhelm everybody else by not getting Wright Thompson <laughs> in my paper or, like, Lee Jenkins. Yeah. Like, that's dumb. Like, no one would do that. And, like, if you're well, KD, like, of course, like, this is, like, the opposite of what he had in OKC. And he wants to just feel comfortable. Yeah. And, like, he certainly feels that way. And that's that's all power to him. But at the same time, like, you can be like, yeah, like, this is a, it's a little frustrating. Like, this is, like, the situation. And if you're a Warriors fan, though, it's great. Well, I think here's the thing, too. You have to give the Warriors credit. And someone pointed this out. I don't know pointed it out on Twitter. But, that the, look, the Warriors built, structured their roster. And they were the ones that gave themselves the freedom and the, the flexibility to do it. Like, they had... Certain time. Now, of course, they probably weren't gearing up thinking we're going to make all these decisions in pursuit of Durant, right? Certain dominoes fell, but they were the ones that, when when the opportunity presented itself, they had positioned themselves in such a way that they could, you know, let Harrison Barnes walk and 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 still add this piece. But I will say, the the, the construction is super different with the way you think that uh, when you assemble these pieces, and that's because the Cavs basically traded away some other like they had to give away assets to get love and, well right well yeah i guess like well, i was just like had even think about him as like a concrete right. pick they had to trade the number one pick in the draft for him it wasn't like they just added love even just like the heat literally just added lebron and 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 botch right where they didn't the best that i can tell they didn't trade the number one pick in the draft right like so so i think that just the way that what the Cavs kind of had to do to make sure that they got their three superstars or whatever you want to call them, their big three, it's fine. But they weren't able to just let like Dion walk and then put in, you know, like love or something like that. Where basically the, the Warriors could say, go Harrison Barnes, like thanks for everything, but we're going to take your rant. The Cavs didn't have that luxury. I don't even know who the hell was the power forward on that team before. Like Chris, don't even remind me. But like, uh, you know, you Earl Clark played some minutes there. Anthony Bennett. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus Christ. Thompson played. Tristan Thompson and uh, I mean the Cavs like in, in like just a vacuum like went from playing playing Earl Clark at small forward to LeBron James. Right, right. So it's it's like it's it's certainly the construction has been totally different and the cat the Cavs didn't necessarily draft particularly well the Warriors drafted great right like well it's also just a factor like like the Cavs did draft Wiggins like and then they had to trade him right so like like they had they were they were in the process of building something like what the Warriors built like they have Kyrie they got Tristan they got Wiggins like like they're building to something and then all of a sudden LeBron gets like dropped into their lap and their whole timeline changes suddenly they go from a team that like you know the Warriors had been building for this through the draft for years and the Cavs had, like, a couple months to, like, scramble everything to put a championship-caliber team around LeBron, like, today. Like, LeBron yeah. is older than all those guys. And so, like, if you want to win, like, you got to get guys who can do it, like, right now. That's why Kyle Korver is a smart investment, because he can still do it right now. Even though the Warriors 
like maybe maybe they don't go as hard after Kyle Corver because like they have a window that's gonna last three or four more years depending on what Durant and, and Clay do. Right. Yeah. So like the like the age and time to like build these rosters puts them in completely different context. For me, if like you wanna call like one of them a super team, but like it it is different levels. Like one mm-hmm. is like a team that, that both teams are trying to build to be competitive. One team had such a longer view that they, when when a superstar fell into their lap, they were just equipped so much better to like explode. Versus the Cavs were not equipped for that superstar to drop in and to immediately, you know, seize it like the way the Warriors did when they when they got the rant. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Chris, you got anything to add on that front? No, I think it's perfect, and I think like I'm gonna say something that's like slightly slightly takey, but I'm just gonna roll with it. Um, <laughs> the Cavs are like, in some ways, like closer to the Clippers than they are the Warriors. Ooh, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Just, I, I only say that because like cool. it wouldn't have been like insane to think like if the Cavs had gone like 0-3 in the finals, would we like if, if they don't win last year like like Max said before like would we actually view them and kind of give them the benefit of the doubt in a lot of ways that they do right now if they don't win last year. Like, if they didn't pull it off last year, do they get the same benefit of the doubt? And do we, like, would have we spent all this year wondering if they would have traded Kevin Love at the deadline or, you know, like, do Chris Paul for Kyrie or try to do something like that? Like, I I almost think, like, they were closer to being on that path um, than they were being on the Warriors. And I also don't think, like, the LeBron really saw – I don't think anybody saw the Warriors being this, um, except for maybe the Warriors because they were hashtag light years ahead. You know, like, did anyone else, like, see them being this way, you know? Um, Yeah. that's maybe like slightly takey, but I almost think like in terms of how they were constructed, they're more similar than into the to like the Clippers than they they might be to to the Warriors, who are like sustainable and um you know like don't have to like get haven't had to get patchwork veteran guys to kind of fill rotation minutes. Think about how bad that Wiggins trade looks if they don't win a title by trading for Love, like and Love is like Wiggins is out there like growing really really nicely like as good as you could have hoped you traded him for love and you didn't get a title out of it that's that it would have been a mess oh my gosh it it, it would have been it, i don't want i don't even want to think about it it just sounds like an absolute hellscape um but no chris i, I really i just pulled up the clippers roster i'm looking at it right now and as i look at all these names and think about how they got where they got um i i do think you you make a, a pretty pretty apt comparison. I, I really do think that, um, that the construction of those teams are, are probably a little bit more similar than, than you get with the Warriors. That, wow. Great. The one thing I'll <laughs> say is the Clippers, for as much as I admire Chris Paul, and I do think he is an elite player in the league, the Clippers did not have anyone who, if, if you put that, if, if they were like there, you would say, as, as you would with the Cavs and LeBron, you have to win while he's here. Yeah, it's not no, that's true. Deontay, yeah, it's not Blake. You, those are all players who are, like, title caliber, but none of them are in the same way that you have to You have to sell out for right now because this is when it is. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the only real big difference I can see. Yeah, yeah I'll just yeah, maybe difference. Jamal Crawford. Oh, of course. <laughs> Love me some Jamal Crawford. <laughs> Um, not <laughs> he's fine. Like younger Jamal Crawford's fine. Um, there's like another world too. Like this is like a tangent, I guess. But there was like a rumor years ago about Verjao for DeAndre, 
Um, and I've always wondered, like, what if the Cavs, like, what that would have, like, been like, you know, like, DeAndre or, oh. like, you know, if they, like, win the, they win the Anthony Davis lottery instead of Deion. Like, I, I love Deion Waiters, but, um, you know, I'm a very, yeah, proud, I, I'm a proud Waiters Island condo owner. Um, yeah, I mean, I tweeted a picture of Deion Waiters this morning. <laughs> you, so really, I, you really did. Um, also, like, I should, like, Kevin, like, I just want to say this, like, I'm never going on Twitter that early again. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> like so, so, Mac, I don't know if like if you if Max like you saw this take, but like some guy, um, like a writer for a for a blog wrote like that the Cavs like have to trade for Carmelo one way or the other, and like, I just wanted to throw my phone. Oh. It was like seven in the morning. Yeah. I wanted to chuck my phone across yeah. the room. It was horrible. Chris tweeted at me, "Why are we on Twitter?" And I said, "I don't know." Kevin, it's my pin tweet now. Like it's my pin tweet. <laughs> I love how everyone thinks that Carmelo has to go to a team with one of the banana boat members on it. Like, <laughs> like that's the worst idea for all of those teams. You can't, you come out with Chicago would be a nightmare. Carmelo with the Clippers just exacerbates this like problem that we've just been talking about. And Carmelo to the Cavs adds nothing. Like it's he's, he's so not odd. as good as Kevin Love. Like he's been, he's worse than Kevin Love. I know. He, like he does not have to go to a banana boat team. I don't know what Carmelo Anthony's place in the league is right now. I don't think Carmelo Anthony knows where his place in the league is it'd right be, now. No. It'd be easier to, to find him somewhere to go if, like, he wasn't making as much money as he is. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and he didn't have the no-trade clause because then you could just, like, dump him down Dallas. But, like, he probably would reject that. And tanking wasn't such a thing because, unfortunately, as, as much as, like, you know, Carmelo's Knicks haven't won, he's still, like, when you're tanking, you still don't want a player as good as Carmelo on your team. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, there's places for huge salaries because teams have to hit the cap floor. But, like, you all, most of those teams don't want to be winning games. And, like, unfortunately, Carmelo's going to accidentally win you some games sometimes if you let him play. I I could talk for Carmelo Anthony for a long time, so I'm, I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'll be happy when he's out of the NBA. I'll just leave it at that. I like Carmelo so much. Carmelo is such a likable guy. A likable figure. I Lala, you shouldn't have cheated on Lala. Whatever, but like, that, that's bad. But like, I, I I like Carmelo's like aura in the league. Oh yeah, and I mean I think he's a good guy. Some of the stuff that he did, like from a social justice Ooh, standpoint. Yeah. But like, just the conversations that happen while because of him as a player, it's, it's not his not fault. Him. But they're annoying as all all, all get out. Yeah, so yeah. so much of it is Phil Jackson's fault and like white <laughs> basketball. Shout out Yago Colas. White basketball unconscious, like shouts, shouts to, to the shouts to the bad prof and the book everyone every yeah. NBA fan should read. Fall don't lie, pick it up anywhere you can. Yeah, it's great. I read it with uh, one of my Shea Serrano bookmarks, so it was a good combo. Um, <laughs> I have I have like six Shea Serrano bookmarks. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm, not even I'm looking at the book on the floor right now. I'm looking at the book on the floor right now. Yeah, it's great. That book's great. Um. I want to just uh, Carmelo. I'm also like a, I'm okay, I'm cool with Carmelo, especially because like the dude went to friggin' bodega in a monogrammed robe, and uh, um, there's a Alexandra Clark who's the host of the the replay with Ellen Al, one of the co-hosts there. Actually, for her Halloween costume, like did was it when is Carmelo going to the bodega? Down to the hat and everything. It was great. Yeah, and like in Rio, like he hung out in the favela. Yeah, he did not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, my problem is not with Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. It's with the the stuff that happens, like that's out of his control. Don't you, don't you think that's on like us as like citizens of the basketball world? Like that. that yes, yes, it is. Not to get too activisty here, but like <laughs> that's on us to make it an NBA culture that is habitable for the Carmelo Anthony's of the world. I couldn't agree more. I, yeah. I really. 
Yeah, it, with it, you guys. With you guys 100%. Uh, last thing here, let's wrap it up on this. Uh, is Game 3 the game the Cavs win? If they win one. Yes. That was really quick, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, God. I say no. Like, um, I think they're probably winning four and then losing in five. I would say that if if the cat, I would I'm going to say three. Here's why: because I think if the Cavs lose lose three, I I think they'll get end up getting swept. That'll just be kind of I think really really crushing. And so I think if they win one, it will be game three. Because if if they fall this game, I just don't see how the Warriors would let the opportunity to sweep them and go 16-0 go by the wayside. So yeah, so I'll go with Max on game three. I'm not confident they win game three, but since the way you phrased the question, that's what I'll, that's what I'll choose. Wow. I have completely a gut feeling that the Warriors have to have another series where they go up 3-1 and have to like close out just to complete the loop. <laughs> and I guess that could still happen if they win game four. But I just see it. I, I feel like it's going to start the exact same sequence, four-game sequence of last year, and this time they close it out in five. Yeah, because like Draymond, I don't think Draymond's like in enough foul trouble to like get suspended again. So that's not on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So guys, been a pleasure. Um, just let everyone know real quick where they can uh, find you on Twitter, and if you're working on anything cool right now that they can uh, serene on the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Um, Kevin's writing well, about trees, say- which is pretty great. Yeah, I got a story on chestnut trees coming out June 11th. It's gonna be hot. <laughs> The juggernaut. Um, but you can follow me on Twitter at Kevin underscore Stank. And, uh, yeah, read the post Gazette. Yeah, uh, I'm at M underscore Boltman, or you can just find me in the gutter. Uh, or if you want to read anything, I've got something slightly more interesting than chestnuts, which is uh, sort of a did-you-know little feature about uh, Hannes Wagner, famous pirate shortstop, uh playing uh, basketball in his free time, and uh, not many people know that. So it's kind of a little, little dig about Honus Wagner's uh, basketball hobby. Worked at a coal mine, Honus Wagner. I learned that. I read. There's a book I read about him that's not really about him, but do you remember those books where the kid like, can touch a baseball card and go back in time? Yeah, Dan, yeah, Dan Gutman, Honus and me. Absolutely, I remember those yeah. books. Absolutely. Yeah. I've read that. There's a there's a Honus biography I read because I went on like a baseball biography kick like two years ago, and there's a really good Honus one, and there's a good Clemente one as well, uh, which is timely because you're in Pittsburgh. But guys, thanks so much for for coming on the pod. Um, open invitation anytime, and you should also, as as Max mentioned, go read Iago's book if you want to like think about the NBA in a real interesting way. That book is great. Like I don't know if there's a better like book out there that thinks about basketball in that way. Um, I don't think there's anything else like it. I don't know if you guys would agree with that, but like, I don't think there's anything else quite like that book that's available. Except if you want to go read like old free Darko blogs and and stuff. But like that, it's like if you want to get a book, that's I think the only option. Yeah, it's it's the most comprehensive for sure. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and support you. Thanks so support. much for having us. Yeah, of course, guys. Um, tomorrow, everyone, we will be back. I will be recording at the queue with Alex Hooper from ninety-two-three, the fan in Cleveland. We'll be recapping Game Three. You'll hear some audio from the pressers as well. We'll talk to you then. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. Give us that five-star rating interview if you haven't already. Um, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow after game three of Cavs Warriors. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. 
Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.